Good morning. Go ahead and advance it here. I've got a lot of different uh, thoughts for you, and I teach a little different. I honestly really, I, I, I enjoy the way that Brock teaches going through uh, line by line and going through the Bible and everything. That is not me, but I really appreciate that teaching. It's a really a joy. I'd say the other thing that I would, we, for our family, that we really have enjoyed about being here with us is getting to have meals and just have community and connect with people. And I think that's probably other things that you guys connect with as well. This morning's a great example of what we actually see laid out for how early believers actually met and gathered. You've got different people sharing, contributing, participating, bringing something to offer. Um, my name is Evan, by the way. And I do, I teach at Eastern, and I found that having to teach something really requires you to get a, a greater connection with it. So it's easy to, on a Sunday morning, just kind of come in on autopilot. So I plan on, at some point, probably asking you some questions and asking for some feedback and interaction from you, which isn't generally how things operate and, and go on our normal kind of thing, but that's what you get. You're, you're stuck with me today anyway. So... Topic-wise, though, I am going to do I'm going to do something a little different for me. Is I will have a bunch of verses that I'll go through because I normally don't teach in that manner. I like to I'm I'm very conceptual in the way that I think and talk about stuff. But this is the topic, um, the kingdom of God. And to start off with it, though, I wanted to kind of give you a little background and a little bit of testimony too, especially kind of going off of a couple things that Jerry kind of introduced you to here in worship is the idea of what Jesus is actually. Um, doing what he did, what he's asking of us, the what his blood accomplished and what the purpose of all that, and uh, and also just kind of testimony too. So I want to share a little bit of my own testimony of why this topic and what is it what does it even mean and how does it change the way that we should be I don't think just thinking about life and interacting with life and interacting with people. So um, all right, so first interaction. Everyone ready? Prepare yourself. This is going to require you to actually do something for a second. If you would say, like, I'd consider myself, I pretty much grew up Christian, like I went to church as a child and kind of was raised in a Christian home, go ahead and raise your hand and say, yeah, that's that's kind of my background, right? So look around for Keep them up. Go ahead and keep them up. Look around. Like, that's that's a lot of us, right? So a lot of us in the room grew up. Good job. A lot of us in the room grew up with that that feeling of, I, I I know who Jesus is. I know about the cross. I know about sins. I know about all those things. And I would say that's that's my background too. Um, you know, being raised in a home. Now my my parents came back to faith later on in their adult life, but I was always raised as a as a Christian, identifying myself as a Christian. Now I was raised in a different kind of church experience because we actually grew up, I grew up in a house church. So we'd have people over, um, and that was kind of later in childhood, but still this whole, this reality of going really deeply into Bible study and have really long extended times of prayers and worship. So it was, it was much more engaged and involved, and I had the opportunity as a kid to be more engaged and involved with doing things. It wasn't coming into a building and, and just sitting and kind of tuning out. Is this thing, but I would say even through all that, 
and then even kind of the next seasons of adult life for me, I didn't comprehend what the kingdom of God was. It always felt like it was just another kind of analogy. It was just kind of a story. So what I want to, my goal for today, or what I, what I hope you can walk away with this morning, is this uh, reconnection with this thing that I think every single person longs for. Everyone on the planet is actually wired for this story, which is actually really, really cool. Um, because it's it's woven into our, it's just woven into all cultures. It's woven into the idea, the, the concept of a kingdom, the concept of a king and of territory and of someone that uh, rules the land and has possession over something. And then, then all the people that are part of a kingdom, like that's just a classic story. It's that once upon a time type of feeling that every country, every culture, every people connect with and this idea of people being part of a story like that and saying like, yeah, I want to be a part of an adventure. It's actually true. It's, that's real. That's, that's not just a, that's a nice thing for me to have an escape. The, the kingdom of God is a, is a real and true adventure with a real and true king and a real kingdom that has that has that affects the earth that affects physical things this whole idea of we live in a um i have my day-to-day life all of us get up and we have our routines and we do our things and then it feels it can feel like i know it always felt like i there's there's also the spiritual world there's also this world of I need to be connecting with God. I want to be right with God. I want to I want to be I want to make sure that I'm not doing things that are wrong because I don't want because God God is God. Like we think of like the Old Testament stories of how God showed up and made himself known to humanity. It's kind of scary. We don't we don't see as much that in the New Testament stories as you saw as God revealed himself in the Old Testament and kind of his character and nature. And that's a whole other study of how God reveals himself to us as we get more mature. When you look back to your parents as a kid, there's this parent, like you do what your parent tells you to do because they're your parent and they can physically overpower you. But then as you're getting older and you have this different relationship with your adult parents, it's a different context. You get to know them in a kind of little different way. And for me, there was that idea of, not really connecting with and kind of missing. And it wasn't because I wasn't involved in people that were studying the Bible or people that were worshiping God or people that were praying. It's just this idea like, it's just a different framework altogether. One one that we can miss when we focus on God as uh, spiritual and we need to understand spiritual things and live in the spiritual world and connect with it. Does anyone else, do you feel that? Do you feel like your life kind of feels sometimes where I've got life and then there's God and they're kind of in different different kind of buckets to some degree? If that's like, that's a good indicator of maybe this hasn't really connected for you as much as it, it could have. Now, what I'm going to go through when I get there, and I'll get there. Give me, give me some time. Give me some, stay with me. 
I know I've already talked for like five minutes, and now you're already like other other thoughts. Because I teach at Eastern, right? So I I understand body language and people and spacing out. And I totally get that. So that's all. I'll pop in from time to time. I'm like, hey, welcome back. I'm talking to you. Let's reconnect for a second. All right. So hey, welcome back. I'm talking about the kingdom of God, and it's really fun. So that's what we're going to do. Um, so I'll get to a bunch of verses because I was honestly shocked whenever I, this really first dawned on it for me in in my adult years. I know I look like I'm 23. My wife looks around the same age. I'm older than that. But it was around that, that time frame, like after college, going into, and, um, going into life and going into work, which is a part of the story as well. But then really seeing... So what I'll show you today is all these verses, primarily just from Luke and Mark. Uh, there's other ones that didn't really pull a lot from Matthew of Jesus talking about the kingdom of God and how often it's actually there. And even in verses, you probably didn't realize, oh, that was the connection. Like that's what they were actually were doing. Because when we think about um, what Jesus wanted his disciples to do, and what Jesus wants us to do. We think primarily about this idea that Jesus wants me to go out and introduce other people to him so that they can have salvation and they will be a part of the kingdom or they will go to heaven. And that's that's definitely the right place to start. And it's very, very important. But it's literally just the start. There's so, so much more that we're actually, actually called into in that adventure and that story. It's, it's so much bigger than we can even possibly comprehend. So even saying like, I want to teach about the kingdom of God today is kind of ridiculous because it's, it's, it is. It's saying like, I want to teach you about the adventure. I want to teach you about the whole massive story of what the Bible actually started with because it does actually begin back in Genesis and what God actually asked Adam and Eve to do about having dominion over the earth to care and tend and replenish, subdue the earth and make it make it great. Not, not in the, and I'm sorry, I, I teach business as well, right? And business is really changed. The world of business is changing a lot, uh, which is good. There's this, there's this shift into uh, a bigger conversation around how do we do things well and how do we make sure that we're not destroying the earth as we do that. That's a good thing. It's not something that um, has to feel like, well, that's, that's only in, um, that's the responsibility of people that only care about the planet and they love animals and plants more than people. Because as Christians, we can say like, because well, as a Christian, we'd say the only thing that matters is Jesus and people going to heaven. That's just fundamentally not true. It's not the only thing that matters. It matters greatly. And it's, it's, a, it's a dividing line, right? It's, it's a bigger line than me and the stage. And this feels really scary. I come down here. I'll go back up. It's that big of a, it's, it is fundamental. There is clearly laid out in the way Jesus taught and in the Bible that there is no other pathway. There is no way to be connected with God 
except through Jesus and what he did. That's the reality. Once again, that's the starting line. That's the starting line. But you don't get to be in the adventure. You're not part of the story as, as you need to be unless you do that. But we can camp out there and say, like, yeah, I, was, I participated in the race, but it's like, did you run? It's like, well, no. I, like, I got my name tag, and I was at the starting line. I'm like, yeah, I was a runner, but I didn't actually do everything that I could have. So, yeah, that's critical, but it's so much, so much bigger than all that. So that's, what, that's how the story starts. The story starts with God saying, humanity is placed on the earth with the purpose of actually creating and extending God's kingdom, his rule, his reign, his authority on the earth and everything, which does mean that what I, everything that I do matters. It's not just me having conversations with another person and them getting to know who Jesus is. It ends up being everything that I do and everything that they do, it's either advancing the kingdom of God or it's not, which it's a, it's a, big, it's a big story. And, and, the, and there's this ending, right? So I like, I like the beginnings and I like endings and all the stuff in the middle. It's going to be confusing. And there's going to be things, there's going to be lots of ups and downs with it. And that's the reality. So it starts off with God saying to a man and then a woman and saying, this is what your responsibility is for this entire planet, what I want from you. And then it ends with all of us in all of heaven and and God himself on a, a new heaven, a new earth, together. So start of the story this, end of the story that, we're somewhere in here, right? Somewhere in this middle range. And what we'll talk through today is the idea of what Jesus actually, um, which I know this can sound like, wow, he hasn't even started yet. This is going to be really like, it, it won't be, trust me. Because um, I'm not going to go through the verses like like might typically do. I'm going to highlight some stuff, but I wanted to highlight the idea of if you're thinking about this through this lens of Jesus, salvation, spirituality, and not practical, everyday life in um, measurable differences and changes, and not just a personal responsibility, but actually a responsibility I have towards two people and to the places that I live and the things that God has brought into my life or the things that God will be bringing into my life, then you just kind of miss it. Everyone's still with me? Good. Another five minutes have gone by. Mindset kind of checks out a little bit, so just kind of, hey, welcome back again. We're here talking about the kingdom of God. Um, All right, so I wanted to share a little my personal testimony, too, because there's a lot of faces, a lot of people here that I haven't really met. You don't really... Um, probably know anything about my story, which I usually don't do because the reality is is a lot of times we honestly don't care that much. Like we want, I want to care. I want to care about all of you very deeply and I want to really get to know what's going on in your life. But there's a real common, especially in our, in our culture where we are so independent, we're, we're in our story, which isn't, 
it's bad. Let's just say that. that, that that's bad. We should want to connect with people. Um, the idea of, so that's something we need to grow in. But I'll flip it the other side where it's not bad in the fact that, yes, your story, your journey matters. So it's very easy to say, to get caught up in um, being proud to know other people and you kind of, you can live life through someone else's life and feel like I'm really accomplishing great things because I'm a part of a, I'm a, part of a church or I'm a part of a, a ministry or a part of different things and not be doing anything yourself. So that's bad. So that's why I want to say like, no, this is good. I want you to be thinking about what does this mean for me? How does this apply to me? Well, how, do, how do I live life differently? How do I actually know that I'm doing something that, that matters, that's above and beyond just I'm maintaining my salvation? The goal, the goal is not just maintaining your personal relationship with Jesus, and it's more than finding an opportunity to talk to someone about Jesus. And around here in this region, a lot of people will have an idea who Jesus is. It's true, though. America as a culture has shifted a lot, and there are a lot of people that kind of vaguely know that there's some Jesus guy, but they don't know they don't know the story. They don't know all the other stories of the Bible. So there's a lot of knowledge of the Bible that that is lost for sure. So that is important to be able to talk with people. Anyways, all right. So story time, real quick, little short testimony of kind of where um, where. Why this was so shocking for me, I guess, the fact that I, I didn't really see it. So my wife and I, when we were in college uh, with our friends, opened up a coffee house here in Charleston. So we opened up Jackson Avenue Coffee. That's kind of part of our background story of something we did in this area. And getting started in that whole journey, especially as a college student, uh, the, the owners, Ryan and Dulcie, were about 10 years older than us. And... It was within our first year of marriage. We got married while we were in college and then started the coffee shop with them. And Tara and I were studying business. So we were more, we were the most business savvy to some degree in terms of business knowledge between the two couples. Dulcie, the wife, was special education major. Her husband, Ryan, was um, like OSHA, environmental biology stuff. Now they'd both run some business. They'd done some stuff before. So they had some some good basic working knowledge of business and everything, but we were trying to create something. But the framework um, wasn't really a kingdom of God framework. The framework was we they felt like they were supposed to open a coffee shop. They had this sense like that's what God was asking them to do, asked us to be a part of it with them. And it was this idea of this is going to be a great place to build relationships so that we can talk to people and introduce them to Jesus. The, the phrase or the terminology, some of you, since a lot of you grew up as Christians, are probably very familiar with this idea of relational evangelism. Like I'm going to get to know people, and then because I get to know them, I'll get to tell them about Jesus. There's nothing wrong with that, right? It's, 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 a, it's a good thing. Living that out. So I'll jump ahead through this whole kind of five-year experience of going through college and doing my MBA and starting our family and being at the coffee shop every week and connecting with people and this reality of 
towards the end of that time, we actually transitioned and we went into missions work. So we actually joined with a missions organization and we're going to go overseas. And the, the idea was is that we were going to replicate, kind of take what we had learned and then teach other people how to open up coffee shops to be able to do the same thing, kind of continue on that same idea. Now I just got done with MBA and it's all about tracking kind of results and saying like, are you actually hitting your thresholds? Are you, are you profitable? Are you successful? So I understand like, how to measure and say, are we on target? Like we have a mission and want to fulfill our mission. So I take stock of what I think we've done. So if relational evangelism was the goal, how many people had I built relationship with and introduced to Jesus? And that was effectively zero. I didn't know of any single person that I had really impacted in such a way at that time that they got to know who Jesus was. So that was bad, right? That would be not a good successful result after five years of labor to say, has anyone that I know of really connected with Jesus and come to know him? And the answer would be zero. And then if you look at the business side of things, like are, is, is the business very profitable? Are, 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 well, did we at least do a good job? Did we make a lot of money? Did we, did we make enough money so we could donate to other more effective ministries? And the answer to that was also, no, not really. Like, there was just enough for everything to keep going, but it was not wildly profitable or successful. So I'm like, fantastic, right? Actually, it wasn't fantastic. I was very, very depressed. Um, and then going into missions, that was a very dark, honestly, a very dark season in my life. And I was really, really rough um, going through that. But it was this whole context of looking back on that whole experience, and looking back on what what success or what what was and, and I, I don't want to frame it differently because it's not about success success in the kingdom of God which is a whole other teaching one of these days I, I'd like to share with you is this idea of um, being obedient is really one of the greatest things that Jesus asks of us. So if it's being obedient to Jesus, it'd be like, well, what is Jesus, what is he asking me to do to be obedient to? And that's another big topic that many times we can just kind of miss out on. So kingdom of God, here we go. You ready? Let's look at some verses about it. There's a little bit of delay. I should have clicked on it beforehand. All right, so what I'm going to start off with, though, is this idea of um, how it kind of progresses through the start of Jesus showing up and going through all the different interactions that he has and how often the kingdom, and these are, this is not all the verses. There's many, many, many more that reference um, with the kingdom of God is, especially as you get into Acts and you get into Paul and these things of them saying, this is what the focus. So we just came off of Christmas. So this is the typical Christmas verse in this um, allusion back to the Old Testament. So Luke 1, 32 and 33, talking about Jesus. He'll be great. He'll be called Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He'll reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will have no end. Now, once again, for me, every time I thought about Jesus in a kingdom, it was always just felt like, well, that was just another parable. Like the kingdom of God's a parable. It's, it's not a parable. The kingdom of God is the kingdom of God. Where Jesus is, 
a king. And it was that's how this all started. And you look at all the other prophecies about Jesus coming to earth and what that was going to look like. It was the promises of, yeah, a Messiah, but it was the promises of a king that was going to come and restore Israel. And there was this emphasis of what he was going to be doing, leading Israel as the king of Israel. But then it was so much more than that. And Jesus did really focus on Israel. That was his primary kind of target, which we'll see here in a little bit as well in the verses. So Jesus shows up and is baptized. And there's a references there. But then he's taken out and tested by Satan is this next verse. So we all probably, a lot of you are familiar with that story. You get the idea of Jesus going out in the wilderness, fasting. Satan shows up, tempts him to be able to do a couple of different things. The third thing, like there's kind of like this progression of kind of the tests. This is the next one. So Luke 4, 5. So Satan led him up, showed him all the kings in the world in a moment of time, and then said, if you bow down and worship me, like all of this can be yours. Which were kind of like, oh yeah, he's just kind of appealing to his vanity. No, he wasn't. He's not appealing to Jesus' vanity because he's the most humblest human that's ever walked the face of the earth. He was pretty much saying, now I, I really connect with this idea because I like to, once again, what's the start? What's the finish? How quickly can we get to the end of something? Satan was saying, all the kingdoms of the world, because you were the king of kings, that, that's, that was Jesus' objective, was to be able to create a pathway for him to be the king of the world and to have all rulership and all reign over all things, um, we will see every nation and every tribe and every tongue on the earth at the end. Like, we'll, all of that will be there. But it's not going to be like we have now where we'll, we'll decide when we come to Jesus or not. Like you, that's not how you interact with the king, right? Remember, go back to kids' king story ideas. Like the king says you're supposed to show up for a meeting and you're like, I'm kind of busy. I, I've got some other things going on. I really don't want to show up right now. Like I'll just let the king wait. That's not, that's not how that works with the king, right? When, when the king calls you, that's the most important thing. So all of the world and all kingdoms and all power and all authority that's what Jesus claimed. Not just claim like saying, like that's what he actually took possession of. In addition to us and our salvation, it is this whole big story. And that's what Satan offered him from the very beginning. Like, oh, that's what, that's what you want? Here you go. Like we can jump through all this stuff you have to do and it's, it's yours. It's done. All right, next one. Mark 1, 14 and 15. After John was put in prison, so Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. And that was his message, repent. You know, the kingdom of God is here. So after John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Which cues up this whole question again, like, well, what's, what's the good news? Like, what's, what's the thing that he's telling people to think about? And also this word repent, which we'll introduce real quick. So this idea of repenting, isn't just, I feel sad, I, I did something wrong. 
I need to do something different. Repenting is actually, I think differently. I have a changed mindset about what's going on. He's saying you have to change the way that you're thinking because the kingdom of God, is, it's, it's here now. It's arrived. There's this whole new uh, thing that's actually possible. Now, it was what was started. Like Once again, that was the start of the story. That's what God wanted for us, and we, we gave it up because all of us have that same human uh, dynamics in us that Adam and Eve had where we're not actually, we want to do something, but we don't actually fulfill it. And Jesus was able to come and actually make that possible. Next verse, Luke 4. But he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities because that's because I was sent for this purpose. So Jesus is out ministering to people and doing things. And there's this connection again with why was he going to these different towns? I'll, I'll challenge you to, to, to go back and just look over Jesus's, how Jesus taught and the things that he talked about this week is a, is a good takeaway for this week. And the number of times that Jesus actually preaches the, the gospel message that we would probably think of as the gospel, the idea that I'm going to die, I'm going to be crucified, I'm going to be raised to dead, like that was not the emphasis of his teaching. This was the emphasis of his teaching. Luke 8, 1. Soon afterward, Jesus began going around from city to city, the village to another, proclaiming and preaching the kingdom of God, and the twelve were with him. Luke eight ten, He said, To you it's been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest they're told in parables, so that while seeing they may see, and while hearing they may not understand. So he had a group of twelve that were with him, that were going with him from village to village, and he's talking to people about the kingdom of God, and he's talking to them in parables. But he wasn't really unpacking everything. He was making sure that what the kingdom of God is and descriptions of the kingdom of God, which we'll get to here next, descriptions of the kingdom of God would be put out there, that people would start to connect with what the kingdom of God is. But that's what he was doing. And we'll also see some other stuff that he did while he was there. Um, Mark 4, 26, 27, and 4, 30. So a couple couple parables that he taught. He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed in the ground night and day. Whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and it grows, though he doesn't really know how. You're like, okay, Cool. Right, so there's there's an unpacking of what the parables were with the disciples, and I won't go into all these because I'm just going to hit a bunch of overview verses of Jesus referencing the kingdom. But we can take away this idea that it's going to be growing. The kingdom of God is as it's planted, as it matures. We don't fully understand how it grows fully, but there's seeds that are out there. Um, Next one, Mark 4, 30 and 32. What shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It's like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all the seeds on the earth. Yet when it's planted, it grows. It becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that birds can perch in its shade. So it can start very, very small, but grows very, very large and can provide structure and support for lots of things, uh, a lot of a lot of times, honestly, um, 
when birds are referenced in Scripture, it's not always a positive thing either, which is really an interesting parable that Jesus uses here. And once again, every single one of these stories are their own teachings to be able to start to unpack. But I wanted to highlight is the fact that when Jesus was telling a parable, he was using the parable to say, this parable is a way for you to understand what this kingdom is like, what my kingdom is like, what you're actually supposed to be a part of, what you're supposed to be creating. I'm going to contrast that real quick with uh, religious thinking. Like religious thinking, like if I do the right thing, I'll get a blessing and something will happen if I'm aligned with God. And that's, that's different. So when we see people that are not connected with Jesus, that would not consider themselves as Christians, are actually very anti everything that we would say is important to us, and we see them successful and prospering, many times they're, they're, not many times, they are successful and they're prospering because they understand a piece of the kingdom of God. They may not, they probably don't know that's what they're doing, but they've connected with a piece of how the kingdom of God actually functions because it's a real thing, and they're doing that part well. So they prosper in that part of their life, which can be really frustrating. Like, no, I actually love Jesus. Like, I love Jesus. I'm trying to make Jesus happy. I'm not prospering as much as they are, but they are prospering. Now, once again, the dividing line, when everything's all said and done, there's things, success here, or measures of success here that don't really matter. But, there's, but there is a reality that we can be doing things that are more effective now. And be well positioned for everything that Jesus has for us in the future as well. So Jesus starts sending out the disciples, the next verse, Luke 9. He sent them out to proclaim the, proclaim the kingdom of God and to perform healing. That there is this, yeah, this supernatural healing is not something that just, now there's natural healing, and then there's healing that's not natural. It's something extra. And that's what he told them to do. Proclaim the kingdom of God, teach people about the kingdom of God, but then also demonstrate, show that with power as well. That's this connection. That's part of the adventure. Like that's something that we can expect to be a part of in our lives as we're, as we're part of what God's doing is that that's what Jesus sent the disciples out because that hasn't changed. We're still obeying what he's taught us to do. Luke 9.11, he welcomed them, began speaking about the kingdom of God, curing those needing of healing. And that's what Jesus was doing. Like he was teaching the kingdom. He was healing people. Luke 9.60, but he said to them, someone came up to him and was asking, like, I, I want to do this, but I've got some other stuff going on. You know, my, my dad and inheritance, all that kind of stuff. He said, and allow the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go proclaim everywhere the kingdom of God. There's things that you are doing now, and there's things that God wants you to be doing, but the kingdom of God. Once again, it wasn't the idea of go and just make friends and tell them about me. When he tells them to go proclaim the kingdom of God, it wasn't just this, what we would think of like, well, they're being called into ministry. They're going to become ministers. It's like go and live out the life that you're supposed to be living out and actually be doing the things that allows these seeds to be planted and for people to be healed and, and to be prospering and structuring things. The next verse is a little, it's hard. All of Jesus' teachings, honestly, you read them are like, they're, they're kind of hard. 
No one after putting his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Like if you're going to commit to it, then, then really commit to it, which is challenging to say like, am I, am I going back or am I really saying like, no, I'm, I'm in, I'm committed to it. I want to see it happen. And that was, that was part of his message and teaching as well. So we got parables that Jesus taught are good ways for us to get an understanding of how the kingdom of God functions and operates. What, what is it actually like? Luke 10, 9, 11. Heal those who are sick. Say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. Even the dust of your city, which clings to our feet, we wipe off and protest against you. Be sure this, the kingdom of God has come. There's not going to be success all the time. Like they went out and they were saying, all right, Jesus told us to proclaim the kingdom of God to teach people about it, to pray for healings. And there were some places that they went to, it wasn't accepted, it wasn't wanted. That's, that's also part of the reality. And it's not something that we have to hold on to and say like, well, I, I must not be doing a good job, I'm a failure. Like, no, it's, it's something where you can kind of draw a line and say, this is what's out here, this is what's available, this is, this is the story that you're invited into or you wanted to. If not, you kind of move on. Luke eleven twenty. Jesus himself challenged, right? So he was challenged a lot, especially challenged by the Pharisees. You know, prove to us that you got to do this. Like you're, you're healing people. The supernatural showing up is because you're connected to Satan himself. Like you are accessing spiritual power, but you're doing it from, from, the, from the bad side, which is really common. I would say in this region is the idea that we don't really, we're not, a lot of people in the area are not open to the supernatural. If anyone wants to pursue healings or seeing God do something that's extraordinary, we're like, well, that's, that's not a thing. Jesus had to deal with that as well. And he's like, if I cast out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has shown up. Like, if you see this happening, it's because the kingdom of God is actually active and real. Like, it's, it's not a sign that I'm doing something wrong, but that there is actually the kingdom of God is here and it's powerful. Luke 12, 31, 32. Seek his kingdom, and these things will be provided you. Don't be afraid, little flock. Your father has chosen you to give you the kingdom. So as I go about doing all this, it's costly. It takes time. It takes energy. It takes resources. And I'm having to feel like, well, I'm either doing something that's going to make God happy, or i got to do something to make sure that I'm taking care of all the things that are responsible, that I'm responsible for, all the things that God's given me. And Jesus says, this is a promise for him. Do these things. Now, once again, if the kingdom of God is just spiritual, it's just relational, it's just you talking to people and it's not a real, the real world, then you might feel like, yeah, like I can't be involved in real life. And that's not what Jesus is saying. It's like, be involved in real life. As you're involved in real life, be pursuing bringing the kingdom into it and seeing it grow. Luke 13. Um, parable of the mustard seed. I'll jump to the bottom part because it's a repeat of the other parable at the very bottom of this. Again, he said, what shall I compare the kingdom of God? It's like leaven, which a woman took and hid it in three measures of flour until it was all leavened. It goes in, it works. You know, it's something you necessarily have to be doing the whole process. That we are all a part of the body, Jesus' body, and we're all part of advancing the kingdom and that was part of my story at coffee shop. It's like, well, 
if I'm not seeing all the results, thankfully, years later, we've talked to people and we've had people share us, share with us the fact that they really did feel loved. They saw genuine love and people that knew God through us and through other people that were connected to the coffee shop, which made, made meant, meant a lot, honestly, for me personally, because I really felt like there was a season there where I felt like we didn't accomplish everything we could have or should have. And I know there's, there's always more. The adventure continues. It, it doesn't end. It goes on and on. So yeah, it's more than any one of us can do, but that's the whole point. It's more than any one of us can do. It's not for any one of us to see the whole thing. We plant the seed. We put the leaven in. It's going to be working. It's going to be growing whether we know it is or not. So if I'm measuring myself against, like, am I getting the results I think I need to have, then you probably won't see that, and it'll be disappointing. If I'm saying, am I connected to Jesus as king? Am I trying to live as king in my life? That's a different framework. It's this daily obedience, this daily walk that I want to be a part of and being connected to. Luke 16, 16. The law and the prophets were proclaimed until John came, and since that time, the gospel of the kingdom has been preached, and everyone's forcing his way into it. That there is, there is this transition, there is this shift that happened. Jesus really did, it was the start of a whole new way of living for Israel, for these people. And then we get welcomed into it, right? Like they, he was focused. In the story, when I have it up here, the story of the, the woman that her daughter was sick, and he's like, no, it's like this aspect of, I recognize that you're focused on something else, but we should get a part of it too. Like we get even the scrap of it or the centurion. Luke 17, 20 and 21. And he was questioned by the Pharisees as to when the kingdom of God was coming. And he answered them, the kingdom of God is not coming with signs that can be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is or there it is. For behold, the kingdom of God is in your midst. It's, all, it's already here. It already is started. It's not something now. I, I believe and I see in the Bible that there's a lot about the kingdom of God that won't be fully realized. It won't fully happen until Jesus comes back. But there's a lot of the kingdom of God that should be showing up, that we should be seeing um, changes of it because it's just here. Like it's already woven into what's going on. Luke 18, 16, 17. But Jesus called for little ones, saying, Allow the little children to come to me. Don't forbid them. The kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it at all. It's not something that really have to be really super intelligent and be very mature to grasp onto it. Because it's, once again, it's this story that all humans have inside of them that God placed inside of us. There's a king, and he's good, and he loves you, and he's got a giant story for you to be a part of. Do you want to be a part of that story? And the kid inside of us is like, yeah, I do. It's that. It's that simple. But I have to believe that it's true, and I have to be willing. I believe that it's true, and I'm willing to step into it. Last verse for the day. We made it. Um, and once again, there's so much more to, to go and really unpack it, but I wanted at least plant that seed today, this idea of this, the story is big and the story is true. And as you go back, look at Jesus' teachings, look at the parables, 
and say, he was telling this story, which we should like, it's isn't, like we should have caught it. I should have caught like Jesus telling these stories, not just so these stories would help people know that they're sinners and they need salvation. Jesus was telling the stories because he was trying to say, this is important. This is how I want you to live life. This is how I want you to structure life now. Not that, That's what the kingdom will be like in the future. I can't wait till I die. Actually, we don't really think that way, but then sometimes we, we kind of do think that way. Luke 19.11, Jesus went on to tell a parable. Because he was near Jerusalem, they thought the kingdom of God was going to appear immediately. So he said, a nobleman went to a distant country to receive a kingdom for himself, and then to return. It goes into the parable of the talents. So the one and the three, like in the multiplication of them, and the, the one that hid the talent away, right? And the other one that multiplied it and doubled what they had. And when the nobleman, the person, comes back from receiving their kingdom, right? So he goes off to receive the kingdom and come back and says, what, what have you done? Like, what have you actually done? And the actual reward for the people that have done well with what were given to them was that they were going to be put over responsible for managing cities. It was this actual, like, tangible, real-life, real-world responsibility. I know we kind of have the joke of the reward for good work is more work. <laughs> which is a whole other story, a whole other teaching around the idea that our, our work that we do is a form of our worship for God. And I'll say that, and you're like, yeah, I believe that it's true, but tomorrow when you wake up and you're getting ready for work, it doesn't feel as exciting as being able to worship together here in a group. It feels differently. But that, that is the reality, is that if I'm through my work, I have the opportunity to be able to demonstrate how the kingdom of God functions in me and how I do work and I have the opportunity to introduce other people to how the kingdom of God functions and operates and works. Because that's what Jesus did. Right? Going back to that's what he did, that's what he said he was supposed to do was to talk about the kingdom of God. That's what he taught his disciples to do. And that's what he lived it out and that's what we're being asked in to do is to seek seek the kingdom and the scene advanced. So I'll go ahead and close us in prayer, and then I will finish with a, another song. So Jesus, we thank you that you are you are the king that we have been longing for. And that you're you're a king that died for us, you're the king that sacrificed himself for us, that you are good. And you're welcoming us into this amazing story that you've placed in us and you've placed in all people and that we can be every day doing something that's making your kingdom come and your will be done on the earth here just like it is in heaven and that there's a gap and that we're not going to do it on our own and we can't do it on our own but that it's true and it's real and it's good and it's what you've called us to do. So we thank you. Thank you for asking us to work with you. Thank you for drawing us in to this amazing adventure and help us to connect with that more and more each day.